Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Alex, the founder of Women of Culture, for those who don't know me. Um, and I'm here because it's Wednesday and it's Women of Culture Wednesday. And um, we're doing another uh, live interview with an artist. This week, we're going to be talking to Jessica Schechter, who is an award winning. Um, film, theater, TV, um, and many other things. Um, sorry, I'm just getting distracted. Let me bring her on so she can introduce herself a little bit better than I just did. I think she'll be here in just a minute. Hi, Hi how are you? I'm good, how are you? <laughs> I'm so sorry, I was like saying your bio and I got distracted, so I was like, you know what, let me just have her do it, she'll do a better job than I will anyway. So, uh, hi, Laurence, thank you for watching. Um, anyways, so yeah, I, um, I we haven't connected in a while, so it's, it's good I know. to see you. <laughs> well, we got on that great event and it yeah. was... I, so wonderful to connect with other amazing women who are doing great things. So thank you so much for being yeah. and letting me be a part of this. Of course. Um, so I'd love to for you to give a better intro introduction since I totally botched it a minute ago. <laughs> okay. Just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. I'm just trying to find the right. Yeah, I know. I have <laughs> mine like propped up. <laughs> Smart. Um, so I. Um, I'm Jessica Schechter. I'm a director and actor, voiceover talent, and producer in New York City. I teach in a bunch of different universities, and I also do stand-up comedy. I'm just kind of an all-around working artist, and I, you know, it's it's just, I love any time that I can be creative and tell a great story, so that's that's pretty much my my bio, I went to NYU for undergrad and I went to the actor studio drama school at Pace University for grad school um, for my MFA in directing. So, and now I'm a working artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. We're all, I feel like, um, Jacks and Jills of many <laughs> trades, right? You gotta be. That's yeah. the truth. You gotta be. Yeah. Keeps life interesting anyway. <laughs> Totally. Um, so I'd love to kind of start at the beginning and just learn more about like where you grew up and um, how you first discovered art and theater, especially. Sure. So I grew up in a little town called East Northport, Long Island, and I've been performing since I was a kid. I always say that my story starts out, I, I was in nursery school and it was uh, the Passover. We did a little Passover play and all the kids forgot their lines and I uh, said all of the parts and I was four. <laughs> so that I just was kind of a ham from the moment that I could talk. Right. And I was kind of a social misfit as a kid and theater was always where I felt like I belonged and I could felt like I could come alive. And so I started my high school's drama program and because I went to a school that didn't have like a fully established oh, wow. one. You started it and, yourself. Yeah. 
Well, there was an incredible, when I was a freshman, there was a senior named Jonathan Schmidt and he, he like for his senior project, we put on the diary of Anne Frank and it was amazing. And I got cast as Anne. It was like this life changing experience. But when he left, you know, they never had a theater program before. And he kind of did everything that year program kind of left with him. And so I worked the next couple of years to try to build a sustainable program that could last from year to year. And I set up a, a partnership with Hofstra University. And so we got student directors from there and we built this incredible program, which has really grown and flourished till today, which is very exciting. And, and I've even gone back to direct, which is, you know, has been so cool. And then I went to NYU for, uh, for undergrad in educational theater. And that's when I started to get, you know, more professionally trained. Then I taught in the public school system for three years and I was directing and doing a bunch of different things. And then I went back to grad school for directing for my MFA. And that's when I like really decided that this was going to be not just a fun thing I like to do on the side, but much more of my career. Right. Okay. Okay. So at one point it was like sort of, you were pursuing other things or... I mean, I was always involved in education and I was always involved in theater education. So it wasn't like I was not completely focused on it, but I, I got real professional training at a certain point and that was an active choice. I think uh, yeah. it's a that I think every artist needs to make at some point in life is like, you know, are you, is this a hobby or is this a career? And I remember I had a mentor at NYU who told us like, just know that if you choose to pursue this as a job, like it too will become a job mm. and you have to find ways to kind of nourish yourself and keep, right. find ways to keep the passion alive because it can become, you know, you know, it has all the frustrations of, 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 of employment and you have to work many, many jobs, I think, to, to stay afloat right. in this industry, especially now. Like I'm so grateful that I, I was given bad advice at one point. Uh, someone, when I were, and I, I like to share this story because, you know, we're so vulnerable when you're in school and you're like seeking advice. I spoke to a producer who's working at this theater and I had a bunch of different resumes, directing resume, an acting resume, uh, you know, a teaching resume. And I was like looking for advice, like how can I best position myself? And she looked at this and she said, well, what are you? Like, I don't understand what this is. Why are there so many resumes? Like, you have to define what you are. Are you a director? Are you not? Like, decide and go for that. Mm. And I, I felt like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm all these things. They're all a part of who I am. Yeah. And I didn't really heed her advice because I'm like, I can't pigeonhole myself yet. And I'm so grateful that I didn't because you got it, like, to the ability to diversify and to be able to do different things. And they're all interrelated and interrelated all find each other. So I think I'm very resistant to the notion of pigeonholing yourself and defining yourself as only one thing yeah. because you can do a lot of things. And when one thing isn't working out, then I have other things to fall back on. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting because that was one of my other questions about, you know, if you feel like you're more drawn to, to acting or producing or directing, but it sounds it's, like you it's like, like asking, yeah. yeah, it's like asking a mom to choose her favorite child. Like yeah. I, I guess like the the jobs that are more creative, I'm more drawn to. So like producing is a lot of logistics, which I'm good at. And I, and I get a high from that, but it's not as satisfying as being in the creative process, the writing, the development. I love being in the rehearsal room. I think that's one of my favorite places to be. I love watching a show come to life. 
I, I just love being creative. So any chance I get to do that, that's, that's where I love to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting because, um, all, like you mentioned the event that we, that you were a part of, that was all about like art and entrepreneurship. And, um, to me, like, I guess the acting side seems more just the pure, like creative flow, like, you know, obviously there's a lot more involved than that, but, you know, um, but then like producing and directing seems like a little bit, you get more of that. You have to have um, a bit more of that, like, um, business left brain kind of thing going on yeah but the truth is like even actors now they have to market themselves and they have to brand and so everything that we learned in that that, that event was all about like how do you brand yourself how do you you know make yourself known and I feel like no industry now can you survive just in the creative process you need to have a website you need to be able to market yourself you need to get it out there even if we don't want to even if you're resistant to like even with instagram you know yeah. this is so is so not my forte it's my i think my second live instagram chat and i'm always like really stressed beforehand because like i don't know where the button is i don't know, I know, how, to I don't know how to do this and i feel really old but yeah. you got to adapt you have to adapt at the times so if this is where the people are then we got to meet them there Right. Yeah. Especially at this moment when we're all <laughs> online and not in person. So yeah. How um, are you handling all of that? How's women of culture? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely been a big adjustment because, um, everything I was doing was in person and like a lot of, um, you know, museum gallery visits, performance outings. And so, um, totally moved all that online. And, um, it's been good for me to like challenge myself to, to do things differently and be, um, you know, having more conversations about art and, um, looking more at process and things, which I really enjoy. So, yeah. um, so, you know, it's, it's not all, <laughs> it's not all bad. It's trying to, trying to make the best of it, <laughs> but, um, and we have no choice, but to keep, yeah, keep just keep creating in different ways. And, um, yeah, I mean, what about you? What are you working on right now in this <laughs> strange moment yeah. in time? <laughs> Incidentally, I've been so busy. Like I thought that it would drop off, but we're, I'm developing a new episode of Seen by You, or so we're in the writing process for that. Um, Soon by You is the show that I produce and act in. It's uh, about the modern Orthodox Jewish dating scene in New York City, these six cool. modern Orthodox Jews living the single life. And uh, that's a lot of fun. So we're in the, the writing process of that. And I'm also, I've been doing a ton of voiceover work. So that, and that's, that's an industry that kicked up in mm -hmm. this, because you can do it from anywhere. And, you know, just working with different collaborators and developing projects this time gives you space to really collaborate and develop and not feel the pressure for performance, you know? So we're doing readings over zoom and yeah, those are some of the things that, that I do. Also, you know, using this time, like I just revamped my website. So, you know, finish, putting the finishing touches of that, I think, you know, now's a good time to do all the things that we always say, I really need to do this. Now's the best time to do that because for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I feel like, um, I mean, I've written a lot about, um, just in my newsletters and stuff about like, we, we all kind of need to be artists right now. And I feel like in some ways, like, um, artists have the tools to kind of <laughs> keep going at times like this. I mean, cause you have 
creativity you have you know you already had to be resourceful your whole <laughs> life right <laughs> yeah those skills really come in handy being very scrappy and figuring just always asking a question like what do i have around me and what can i do with it yeah is, i was teaching a directing class at marymount you know over zoom yeah. And how, when, you know, that was such a challenge. How do you teach directing, which is such an intimate, you mm -hmm. know, process of actors? How do you possibly do that over Zoom? And so the first session that I had with them, the conversation was this is the best. You know, now or at any time, it's like, what do I have in my room? Like, what do I have around me? Yeah. And what are my skill sets? And what can I use to tell a story? And so I, it was an opportunity to be very creative. They put, I was so impressed with what they put together, but some did stop motion and they used puppetry and they used their parents and they used room and they used whoever was around, whatever they had mm. and found new and innovative ways to tell stories. And I think that's a challenge for students, but a challenge for theater makers in general, because it might be some time before we can get back into the theater. So like storytelling will never stop. It just will find a new way to come to life. Yeah, for sure. No, that's, um, I, I, it's like, uh, necessity is the mother of invention, right? I guess. Totally. Like, um, and I think I love kind of um, taking lessons in a way from the art world and artists and how, you know, how you guys are, because um, I just think in art, you always have to be pushing yourself and, and pushing your boundaries. And we all kind of need to be pushing ourselves right now and, yeah. and rising to this challenge. So um cool but um i was curious if you um if you feel like you have a like a mission or vision as an artist or i mean obviously um i assume like with with the web series that's kind of a bit of your <laughs> bringing your vision to life but yeah i think i mean it really depends on the project but i think all of my projects and everything that i kind of give a hand in you know part of my mission is to to tell relatable stories, to challenge people's perceptions, to offer the, the you know, to, to, to bring joy, to bring comfort, and to show people that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. I think that's like a universal theme in a lot of the stuff that I do. Even with the comedy, even, you know, with anything, whether dramatic or whatever, it's just to kind of show this shared human experience. I like to create meaningful content, even if it's comedic. At the end of the day, there is a, a driving force that is, you know, about connection and humanity and interpersonal relationships and how important they are, how sad it can be when they don't work out and mm -hmm. to kind of honor that pain and to celebrate our friendships and our relationships and our moments of triumph and be with the people when they don't have that. I think there's like a little core of that in everything that I do. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I, I love that. I mean, um, obviously, I'm very passionate about community. That's what I and I think art is so is such a powerful way to bring bring people together in so many ways. So, um, yeah, and it's it's really challenging. Like I did three Zoom comedy shows, and that it you know that's such an odd experience because you don't get that immediate interface with with audiences. But every time I went to do it, I'm just like here to bring a little joy. That's, it's not about me and my performance. It's just like people are going through such a hard time. Can we, you know, make a little laughter and, and bring a little joy? Yeah. 
For sure. Um, yeah, that that must be really difficult. I, I was thinking about that even with like the late night hosts and like, oh, you know, God. watching them like just have no feedback. How do you how do you work with that? <laughs> I mean, it's hard because I so rely on an audience uh -huh. for the ones where like everyone's muted, which is often the case, you just kind of plunge through and uh -huh. you get feedback afterwards, which is nice and validating. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. But you know, you got to just kind of imagine audience reactions. And one show was very helpful. They unmuted like two different people and they were laughing a lot. So it made us feel better, but yeah, you got to take the ego out. I think is, mm -hmm. you know, performers crave feedback and attention and validation and laughter and love and, you know, compliments. And I think, you know, this time has forced us to kind of step out of that. It's just like, let's put it out there and see what happens and yeah. trust the process and trust that, you know, what will work will work, what won't will won't, and forgive ourselves for the things that won't, and you just got to keep plunging through. It's not ideal, but it's what we're right. at, so. Right, yeah, it's definitely made us all be a bit more, like, flexible and kind of scrappy, and <laughs> just, like, go, go with what you got. <laughs> well, I think it's going to form a whole new form of storytelling. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think theater's just going to go back to the way it was. I think... Mm -hmm technology and zoom and all of it like i think is going to be a, a new element a right. new you know a tool that we use to tell yeah. stories rather than running away from it i think it's going to become a part of the vocabulary oh that's interesting yeah yeah it's it's definitely i mean i miss the experience of like being in a theater but then yeah. there's also like it's made me think a lot about um bringing like reaching wider audiences and like creating things for people who are not in you know major metropolitan areas and there's you know some advantage yeah. to that but. yeah it's it's hard like nothing will beat the immediacy of a live theater performance and i taught intro to theater at uh, borough of manhattan community college one of the discussions we have is you know why go see a concert when you can just like watch it on television why mm -hmm. go to the football game when you can just you know like right but we go because it's live and there's power of all those people being together. And I think that this is such a hard time, but it really makes us appreciate that. And when we do get the chance to come back together, I think there'll be a great, you know, love and celebration of it and to really not take it for granted because yeah. it's not a given. Yeah, no, I do. I hope that people are, are realizing how important <laughs> that is and will fully embrace and cherish it a bit more when we're able to do it again yeah totally. yeah um i wanted to just quickly ask you about um soon by you i know this i didn't i didn't tell you i was gonna ask you about it but i just love to hear a little bit That's fine. roll with it <laughs> yeah i know i mean i just thought it might be interesting for for people watching now or later to to just learn a little bit more about it Sure. Uh, it's a web series uh, that's created by a good friend of mine, Leah Gottfried. And it's it has, I think we have seven episodes out now. So five for season one, and then there are two that came out for season two. The episodes are released really far apart because it takes a really long time for us to find the funding for it. But the people who get to experience now get a, a chunk of a bunch of episodes, which is which is great. And it was a passion project of Leia's, kind of de depicting this, you know, Upper West Side Manhattan City scene of, uh, you know, dating. 
but you know we've seen a lot of shows like that like friends and mm -hmm. and how i met your mother and things but the unique lens of this is that it's depicting a subculture of the modern orthodox jewish population which we identify as and so the stories are very relatable of the three people who are uh, the producers of the show me leia godfried and danny hoffman i've lived the truth of the experience more than they have danny got married very fairly early and leia wasn't living in the upper west side but i you know was here for about you know i think like nine years of dating and getting my heart broken and I accumulated a lot of stories over the time and so a lot of that has fed into the show and, and that really uh, what's inspired uh, the message of it which is you know showing those going through that process that they're not alone there's a lot of pressure in our community to get married and to settle down at an early age so when you're not you know you really feel that and so it was very healing to work on the show as I was going through the dating process and I got married uh, about a year and a little bit ago last January. So it's it's nice to have that perspective as well. But still, you know, I'm still very much a part of the community and, and friends with my friends who are still going through that process. So, and the show is quite successful. It has over a million views on YouTube. It's won several awards at film festivals. It has a huge following. It, there's been a lot of publications about it. And it's just like, it's really amazing to be a part of something that had such a reach. Yeah. So very proud of it. Yeah, no, that's I, I think it's such a um a cool idea too. And I mean there's I'm sure there's so many uh, you know, other kind of um sub sects of thing, you know, that have very interesting stories like that. And I think it's great that you guys brought that story to life and um And it's cool because, you know, you don't need to be practicing or Jewish well, to appreciate it because right. You know, I had a playwriting teacher in NYU told me that the universal is in the specific. When we tell the specific story of specific people and their journey, it resonates across the board. And I think about, like, my big fat Greek wedding. You do not need to be Greek right. to love that movie because any, you know, there's so many cultures, so many family traditions that resonate, even if that's not specifically yours. And there are things yeah. that you can really do. We had a fan uh, who said she was, like, Muslim and, like, that she loved the show and, it was just so cool to, to hear that it has that reach and that the message is very universal, even if it's specific to a certain demographic. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure there, like, there's so many overlaps with different cultures and things anyway. And Women of culture. <laughs> well, yeah, all of us. I mean, God, I, I have many crazy dating stories, too, you know, so I think we can all relate. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't miss that time. And I can't imagine how difficult it must be right now. In yeah. The yeah. That's Corona all... dating scene. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm glad to be, you know, out of it for this moment. So. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think the only other thing I just, um, I was going to ask about if you had, if there's, um, you have anyone that most influences or inspires you or, you know, um, impacts your work. Well, I have so many different mentors, so that's, uh, I think it depends on the thing, but I have, um, so Jonathan Schmidt Chapman is, you know, a huge mentor of mine, and, you know, because he kind of gave me that first taste of it, and I had a teacher at NYU, Jason Zanich, uh, who I quoted about in a Medium article, but he taught me about the importance of process and to not lecture, so I, like, I remember I, I was, we were doing a lesson plan in his class, he taught us theory of creative drama, 
and I wanted to wrap everything up in a bow and like kind of, this is the message of everything that we did. And he really encouraged, he said these words and they stuck with me. He said, don't lecture, discover. And it's such a powerful idea in my teaching and my directing. Everything is like, don't hit your audience on the head, like with the nail on the head, like have faith that they'll get it and they'll draw what they need to from it. You don't need to spell it out for them. And they're much smarter than you give them credit for. So just really allowing that space for the audience to breathe and process, I think, is very important and a huge part of my work. My mom is my, you know, hero and role model. That's awesome. She's always encouraged me. I remember, you know, when I decided to go to grad schools, it's, you know, huge financial risk. I I had been teaching for three years. I completely stopped working and I was really scared. I remember the day that I had to put the deposit in because so much money. I like hesitated at the mailbox. I couldn't do it. I was yeah. Like, once I'm like, once I put this in, like it's like, it's done. The debt is going to accumulate. Like it's happening. And I couldn't bring myself to put the envelope in. <laughs> and I called my mom and I was like, I don't, I'm like, this is crazy. Like I'm getting a master's in directing, Like that's not a safe career path. Like that's not, there's no guarantees not being, I come from a family of lawyers and doctors. So oh, wow. my, my, my true, my career path was very, very unconventional. And she gave me the encouragement to do it and really believed in me when, when not everyone did. So I'm very grateful for her because without her support, I don't think I would have been brave enough to take the leap. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a great story. I mean, um, it, it makes me think of two other questions. I'm like, I could go on forever, but I'll try to <laughs> try to wrap it up. But, um, no, I was just curious if you think that, um, getting your master's was like sort of something essential, useful, you'd recommend it to other artists? <laughs> like, how do you... It was, for me personally, my experience, it was the most valuable thing that I ever did. I value education so much. Yeah. And the years I spent at NYU and the years I spent at the Actors Studio Drama School at Pace University were like, they, they, they paid for themselves 10 times over in terms of the investment, the mentorship, the education, I, I, and especially at the, the actor studio drama school is such a small program There are only four directors that they take. So we got amazing individualized attention. And till this day, like I, I remember I was going, I had, a, it was having a directing issue project that I was working on last year. And one of my teachers, Brian Reinhardt called me from China and I had graduated five years ago. Like he doesn't owe me anything to counsel me through it and give me advice and figure it out. And that, is so invaluable and yeah. Jacqueline Knapp who teaches there and she's uh she introduced me to Ashley Edelman who's the artistic director of a theater company called Infinite Variety Productions we just did an immersive theater production right before everything happened about Nellie Bly she made that introduction she said I'm on the board of this theater company I think you'll hit it off with this the artistic director and she made that partnership and I've been working with Ashley for five years and it's been the most like incredible Uh fruitful partnership and I love working with her but I never would have had any of those connections or any of the training if it wasn't for my mentors my role models and and just the education I'm a far better director because of the program and my foundation of everything is educational theater at NYU so I'm a huge proponent of education I think it's very very valuable and like the best investment you can make Oh, okay. That's awesome. That's great to hear. <laughs> I mean, because I think... You got to find the right program. I don't right. know if that's the case for for all programs. I respected my program, especially the Actor Studio Drama School. On the first day, they sat us down. They said, if you could think of anything else you could be doing with your life, literally anything, 
then do that. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your time. Like this is a really hard industry. Most people won't make it, right. you know, like just save yourself the time and aggravation, like quit now. Right. And then, but they said, if you're in the room and this is the only thing you can imagine yourself doing, then you're in the right place. Mm -hmm. And you know, they didn't sell us any bill of goods. They said it was going to be really hard. They were right. right. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. But if you love it and you're passionate about it and you view it as craft, then I think it's worthwhile to pursue it fully as you would anything. Yeah. You know, if you want to be an artisan, you, you, you don't want to just kind of throw it together. You want right. really the training. And I wanted to be a professional. Yeah. Well, and I, I wonder if that also has impacted, I mean, now your education career and teaching, I mean, because you had so many great, impactful teachers. And... Totally. It's funny that you mentioned that. So I just finished the semester and I really try to be a mentor to my students as much mm -hmm. as possible. This was such a hard semester because I felt so disconnected from them. Yeah. But I just got an email yesterday out of the blue from one of my students. And this is after the grades are in. Like, you know, there's no, yeah. no need to right. test anything. And it was just a thank you note about my passion and, mm -hmm. and how she really appreciated the care that I took. And I really tried to go as much as I could above and beyond in these crazy circumstances. And she really valued it. And, and that is that means everything to me. If I can impact a few students along the way, the way that my teachers impacted me, because I know what a difference that it makes. Yeah. So I try, I try to do the best I can. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure you're an amazing teacher. I just get that <laughs> sense from you. you I love them and I genuinely want what's best for them. And I genuinely care. I don't think you can fake that. Right. I, and I think that they feel that. So yeah. I, you know, if, if, if we genuine, genuinely care and you really try, then I think the students really appreciate that versus the professors or teachers that are just kind of phoning it in. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, okay, I just have, I have one last part. I'm going to throw sure. this out there, and I don't know if you have an answer for it, but I was just curious if um, – if you have like a dream project or a, you know, if you could wave a magic wand and you had the funding and all that you needed well, all the time. I would love to direct a show on Broadway, but that seems like so far now for so yeah. many reasons. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think I'd love to, you know, have like a self-sustaining theater company. Okay. You know, I would love to have a space and a great creative team to continuously tell stories. Mm. I, you know, I'd love to do a film one day. I'd love, you know, I'm trying to get a little more into filmmaking. There's so many things I want to write a book. I have like a thousand yeah. dreams, but <laughs> I just want to find as many ways possible to tell stories that have impact. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you again for thank you for, for having me. This yeah, is a lot of fun. Yeah, I know it's I'm like we could keep going, but um, it was it was so nice to chat more and sure. um, and I guess and good um, luck to women of culture. I hope you. you find ways to build community in this crazy time and yeah, should, you know. Yeah, find, find new ways to bring people together. Yeah, I mean, you know, Zoom has been <laughs> has been my life lately, and yeah, these we're we're doing these um, Instagram lives every Wednesday around six p.m. Eastern. Well, I, was, I was honored to be a part of it. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay, have a good one. Bye. Bye.